It's the Podcaster News Show, where the editors of podcasternews.com share their insights on a wide range of podcasting topics. Welcome to Podcaster News Show, episode number 28. This is the podcast where we go back and look at some of the newsworthy items in the podcastosphere that have taken place in the last few weeks that were just not quite enough on their own for us to mention them on the podcasternews.com website. My name is Sean Thorpe, and I am with... I'm Jen Thorpe. And today, our lead story that we're going to talk about is actually a blog entry by Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. And he wrote a blog called, There is no number one in iTunes podcasts, new and noteworthy. And I think this is worth checking out to get a better understanding of the whole new and noteworthy thing and the ranking and exactly how this really works in reality, because it seems like in the last couple years, there's been a real emphasis from certain corners of the podcast community on uh, new and noteworthy and trying to give you a system to essentially game to get yourself not only into new and noteworthy, but to the quote-unquote number one spot. And Daniel does a pretty good job of debunking the idea that there really is actually a number one in new and noteworthy. And uh, I, I do think it's worth uh, everyone to to take a look at. And he also goes into like some of the stuff that you see in there. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. he's not saying this isn't a good show because some of them could be. But like right. um, there's a, a podcast. Uh, let's see. Alice isn't dead. It's made by the people that did the Night Vale podcast. It's kind of their next thing. Mm-hmm. And it's got two episodes, but it was in new and noteworthy at the time he wrote this blog. Yeah. So it's just a really nice deconstruction of that and something that if you are on the other side of the fence about new and noteworthy, if you're not someone who is so concerned about it, or maybe you're like me and you're kind of tired of this constant going on in uh, different podcast forums and stuff about you got to be a new and noteworthy. And, and the thing that I love seeing even more than that now is people who think they sort of missed some opportunity in new and noteworthy so now they think they have to shut their show down and relaunch under another name and all this kind of stuff and you know we've been saying and by we i mean i guess a certain portion of the uh, podcast community at large have always said that the the real rewards in podcasting come in the long term very rarely in the short term. And I'm paraphrasing Daniel here a little bit, but uh, one thing that he has said for a long time is that new and noteworthy is an award. It should not be a goal. And I I really wish more people looked at it that way. And I also think with this article, you know, if you are someone out there who's starting a new podcast or considering restarting your show to get into the new and noteworthy and uh, this, you've made this your goal instead of an award kind of thing, 
Um, one thing to consider, you know, read this and it will become abundantly clear why you should not pay someone to get your podcast into the new and noteworthy. You know, I mean, don't fall for that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Jen, why don't you uh, take us to the next item on our list? Okay, so the next item uh, is titled Amazon's Audible now lets you share audiobook snippets on Facebook and Twitter. And Mm -hmm. it's written by Jennifer Booten of MarketWatch. And I find this fascinating because we all know what Audible is. If you've listened to podcasts, you've probably heard an ad for Audible because they're everywhere. Um, you know, and many of us have used Audible or have at least checked it out. And, you know, basically the way you would hear an Audible sample is you'd go to the website and listen, or you'd be listening to a podcast that included a snippet of a particular book they were talking about in conjunction with mentioning the ad for Audible that was sponsoring their show. Um, this is something new. It's called Audible Clips, and you can like share little passages of audiobooks that are on audible.com on social media, on Twitter and on Facebook, so that you can, you know, not only can you say, hey, this is a great book, you can actually throw a snippet in there, you know? Yeah. And, and people can check it out in a really simple way. There's a couple of reasons why I thought it was worth mentioning this, and I know in one of the Somewhat recent podcaster news shows, we had talked about, you know, uh, that Audible slash Amazon is beginning to make a play into original audio content. And so mm-hmm. not not audio books, but podcasty type things. And the other thing that's interesting about this, which is something that we've also talked about, is it seems inevitable that there is going to be some kind of actual native Facebook audio player at some point in the future. And really, audio is kind of the last, I don't know we, the right word here, uh, major uh, medium that Facebook hasn't adopted across the board natively. So obviously, what... Audible is doing here is they've got their own system for creating inline players on these platforms. But as more and more uh, native audio, for lack of a better term, uh, finds its way into Facebook, it seems only that much more likely that Facebook itself will eventually adopt some type of audio player on the, the site that, for the most part, all of us can use. So... So that's something, you know, but Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, like I was saying, everybody's heard of Audible because they're on everybody's podcast, you know, (laughs) or not everybody's, but so many, right? And um, this actually, you know, I feel that Audible may have completely saturated its effect in podcasting because if you listen to one show that's got Audible as an ad, then you listen to another show and it's got Audible as an ad. I mean, you're not going to be able to use the link from every show you listen to. You know what I mean? So you've got a group of podcasters now who are pitching Audible to people who already picked up Audible through somebody else's podcast link. You know what I mean? Um, So I think, you know, I I did feel that maybe Audible had hit its limit with, you know, how many people it's going to pull in from podcasts alone and hearing the ad in the podcast. This gives them another way to do it. You know, you could stick this on Twitter. You could stick in, you know, this little snippet of some audiobook on Audible onto your Twitter account and all of your Twitter, Twitter followers who may not even listen to podcasts can now check out Audible. 
True. In a very simple way. Click the button. Yeah, there you go. That's a good point. You know, I mean, I think that's smart for, for Audible. I don't know what this means in terms of how long Audible will continue to be uh, sponsoring podcasts with their well, ads, but... Um, I doubt that's going away anytime soon. Right. But it just seems like, you know, they needed to do something different than just stick it in everyone's podcast. Right. And here they have done it. So next on our list is actually, I believe, in all the time we've been doing this, our first ever video. And it's called 37 Bizarre Podcasts Mental Floss List Show Episode 411. And it is a video on YouTube hosted by Mike Rugnetto for Mental Floss. And in this video, he counts down 37 quote-unquote bizarre podcasts. And really, when he's saying bizarre, what he means is stuff that's kind of very niched down right like uh, there's one in there i can't remember the title of it but it was specifically about repairing pinball machines yes that one so, kind of caught my attention i thought that might be actually interesting to listen to for a little while I, um i think but that's if, the kind of thing yeah I, I think where they're aiming for here is you know people that very rarely uh wander outside the you know confines of say itunes new and noteworthy or the mm -hmm. very top of <laughs> you know, all the various uh, charts and, and directories out there. And, you know, I, I watched the whole video. It's an entertaining video to watch. It really it's, is. It's nicely done. It's visually yeah. impressive. And he presents each little podcast very well. Um, I noticed that there's a, a handful of them that either include people who could be considered a celebrity mm -hmm. or are about a celebrity, you know, <laughs> like this one about Taylor Swift. And he said there's probably a bunch of podcasts about Taylor Swift, but he picked one out specifically. Um, so that kind of, you know, anytime you have a list of, oh, check out these bizarre podcasts that you might not know about or, you know, whatever, um, when it includes a bunch of celebrities, I kind of go, eh, how about you yeah. dig a little deeper if you're going to go this far? But it's not to say that those might not be interesting shows. It just makes me feel like, you know, like the one about the uh, how to fix the pinball machines, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's pretty deep. There was one uh, that was about uh, improv actors and he didn't say who they were uh, that sort of on the fly improv make up a Star Trek episode, right. you know, mm -hmm. so that might be fun to listen to. There's just a wide variety of things in there and you should check it out because we're not going to go through obviously all 37 that oh, are no. in there, but um, those were two that caught my attention as I listened to or watched the uh, little video. Anytime I see a list like this, I just look for, okay, is there anything in here that I feel I'm even remotely familiar with and or possibly have listened to? And there wasn't really anything in there that, that I had uh, chosen to listen to myself, but at least uh, one thing that I was somewhat impressed by is they did include the Trucker Tom podcast and they did, you know, yes. uh, Trucker Tom's been, been at it for about as long as podcasting has been around. So it's always nice when these lists come out from quote unquote, I, I don't know if mental floss counts as, you know, mainstream media, but larger media outlets and, you know, some of the veterans or at least a veteran podcaster gets a nod. So I always appreciate that. That's always good. I'm trying to remember what the ones were that I saw in there. And I was like, oh, I've heard of that show. And of course, it's fallen out of my head at this yeah. point. Well, that's I right. should have written it down. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like skimming through at this moment going, what was it? So now I'm gonna have to watch it again. You see, this is how they get you with these videos. You go, right. what was the name of that thing that I saw that I forgot? And you end up watching it a second time. So. Right. You can't possibly write 
write down all 37 in one round. So right. You if you wanted, back. if you really wanted to check out all 37, which you might. Um, so, you know, that's, that's how they get you with these videos. This is why videos get more attention than maybe uh, little audio things that go around the internet. Cause you go back and go, what was that thing? You know? <laughs> Anyway, it's good to it, it's a good one if you're looking for a new podcast to look at that uh and you're looking for one that might be just a little bit different. Yeah. So what's next on the list, Jen? Okay, so the next one is from Ringer, something I just became recently uh aware of as they followed me on Twitter and I I yeah, I think I've checked them out a little bit. Um so they have a blog here and it is called 5 Tips to Create a Great podcast interview it's written by todd understott for ringer and he's got some very good advice and i've done a little bit of interviewing on podcasts um and uh, he's just got the things that you might not think about the first time you go to do some interviewing yeah you know these are the things that um you either read a blog like his and go okay right i need to think about these things or you learn them by making the mistakes of not having done these things, you know? Yeah. Like uh, one of them handled technology before the interview. Yes. That's an important one. Um, you know, make sure that your audio recording software is functional. Uh, make sure you've got everything hooked up correctly so the person you want to interview can hear you. Yeah, um, let me... You know, uh, let all me, these kinds of things. I just have a, a short anecdote I want to relate here. I was recently part of... A, it wasn't necessarily a podcast it was a a blab session and uh the guy that was running it was also he was simul casting i guess through blab and youtube live at the same time wow and that's a you know doing one of those things is is potentially hard enough doing them both at the same time is even more of a challenge and i could tell that you know this wasn't something that he had done often but more importantly, he was having a guest on who, for what he was covering, was like the big, you know, name in his thing. And he was so hamstrung by the technology that it was really, you know, the, the interview was being lost, essentially. And this is why this suggestion is so important. Test everything before your interview Try to have everything as solid as possible and try to have a backup if need be because sometimes no matter what you try, your plan A is not going to work. Right. And if it's something you're doing for like, you know, a work capacity kind of thing or if you are, you know, a big show and you've got a big name on like you were saying, you know, that you really got to get that going. Now, I've got a little antidote I can share. Years ago, I was doing a show all by myself, and the purpose of that show was to teach me how to podcast by, you know, trial and error. And one of the things I did uh, was for a while uh, during Napod Pomo, I think I was interviewing people, and I was just bringing in people that I knew that had podcasted that had possibly had some technology. They could, you know, they had a microphone and they knew how to hook up to Skype, you know, that kind of thing. And I didn't even care what we talked about. It was talk about something for a short span of time. I want to learn how to do an interview. I want to get comfortable with that. And I want to learn how to edit double unders. That was my point. You know, it was kind of my way of learning. Um, these things are not online right now, so don't bother looking for them. But there was one that I did where the person on the other end had the most crackly system ever. And oh, I didn't yeah. think ahead of time to troubleshoot this because I didn't know any better. And so there to get this interview done, which was accomplished, it was short interview. Um, there was a lot of like stopping and waiting 
kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, it was crackly. It wasn't just like the Skype connection. There was something going on with whatever they were recording with or whatever they were, you know, talking into or whatever microphone or something, something. We didn't know what it was at the time. And uh, the editing on that, I, I quickly learned why you really need to be, you know, to have a good editor and why the sound quality you start with is important when you give it to your editor, because that was really difficult to edit into something you could hear, you know, right. and you could spare yourself all of this pain if you just plan ahead, you know, uh, which I didn't do at the time. Now, like I said, I was doing those for fun and just to kind of learn by doing so it didn't really matter, but it could if you were doing it for like a business or something big. And the other thing that I want to point out in here is, um, They've uh, got in this list. Get to know your guests. That's not the one. Uh, ah, there we are. Share and ask for some ground rules before you get started. And I actually did this when I was doing interviews for Podcaster News Show early on when I was still doing those. Um, I would contact people by email to set up, hey, would you like to do an interview? This is what I want to do. Here are the questions I will ask so you can prepare. Uh, and I would put in there things like um, this show is, you know, you can't swear on this show. It's not one that we do swear words on just to know ahead of time kind of thing. And when I got them on the show where we were ready to do the interview, I would ask them, okay, what name do you want to go by? Because some people go by their full name, their real name. Uh, which is typically what I do. Other people will go by, um, like if you're doing a gaming podcast, you're going by the name of your character, or you've got a different name that you use as part of your business, but it's not really your name, you know, that kind of thing. Get that handled before, you know, yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so I'd learned enough between my first attempt at interviewing and my more recent attempt to, to get that. But that's important. Because if if you've got a show that is supposed to be clean, and you don't tell your guest... You never know what might happen, you know, and then how do you True. fix that interview? So that's kind of this is a really good blog to read over to get those kind of details. And we're just touching on the surface of a couple of them. So there's yeah. more in there for you to check out. All right. So our last item for this time around is uh, called What Eight Years of Podcasting Taught Me About Creating a Website for a Podcast. And this is by Ron Levy on Medium. And I liked this article for a couple of reasons because we're in a place right now where there are a lot of different ways, I guess, to to build a, a website for a, I mean, build a website for anyone, including a podcast. And for a long time, it was just kind of accepted that hey, you know, you just use WordPress, you build a podcast site, you go on with your life. And there are some really good tips in here. He, he mentions uh, Think Mobile First, which is important. You know, you want to make sure that however you're designing your website, that it is responsive to different devices. Uh, large players and buttons, that's good advice. So people know how to, uh, you know, how they can actually listen to your show if they come to your website. I, you know, try to make it as uh, clear Obvious, as possible yeah. that this is a podcast site and And here is you where might... you listen to it. Click the button exactly. here kind of thing. Exactly. Because yeah. there are people that, you know, aren't going to know I'm going to look for an RSS or I know what the thing is to uh, to look at. There's different, like if you look at different people's podcast websites, the uh, player on one website may look visually different to a player on another. And yeah. that can confuse people that aren't as savvy as others, you know? Yeah. Uh, he talks about uh, the about section of your website. And that, and that I think is huge because yeah. every time I go to a website that is new to me, if I'm going to read a blog or if I'm going to listen to a podcast, if I'm considering checking out a podcast, that's the first thing I go to. Who's doing it? 
Who yeah. are they? You know, what's their credentials if it's something like, you know, science oriented or whatever? Um, you know, what's their background? Do I, would I know who this person is from some other thing that's noteworthy? You know, I want to know that sort of thing. Um, and if you don't have an about page, then I can't find out and I start becoming very dubious about listening or <laughs> reading, you know, but that's just me. But it's still important to have, you know? Yeah. And that was the thing when I was doing interviews. I was looking for the about page. Okay, this show sounds interesting. Who's involved? Who's right. the host? And if they don't have that, I've got no way of knowing who to even ask for an interview. Yeah. And uh, one more thing I want to uh, point out from here. Well, it's kind of connected, but he talks about providing episode air date. I think that's really important. And the reason for that is just because it makes it easier for anyone who's consuming your show to sort of understand the context maybe of when it was published. If you're talking about things that maybe are more fluid or more, you know, topical, timely uh, for the time it was produced. And that kind of ties into the next point. He's talking about episodes and episode titles. And this is something that is kind of lost a lot of times and I think I still see a lot of podcasters doing episode titles sort of backward because for a long time, the approach was to put the meta information of your show name in the front. So like if we did it when we posted ours, which we don't, if we put, uh, you know, PCN show dash zero two eight colon name of episode in a lot of platforms, including the iTunes store, someone who's looking at that the first time is really only going to see the episode numbers. They're not going to see right. a more Something descriptive that gives you context or, or yeah, you know, interesting what is it title. about kind of thing. Um, yeah. So your clever title gets left out. Exactly. Yeah. So don't do that. So uh, we won't uh, recap the entire article because we want you to go over and read it, but... Uh, I thought anyway that it had some good points and it's worth checking out. It does. It's one of those articles that's good for if you're brand new, but it's also really good for people who've been doing this a while and maybe yeah. need to update, especially his first point about thinking about mobile. Yeah. Well, Jen, anything else you want to say in regards to these articles, videos, etc.? I think we've covered everything. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Podcaster News Show Episode 28. You can find us online at podcasternews.com, and you can leave us some feedback there on the website. You can also follow me on Twitter at Shawno, S-H-A-W-N-O. And if you are a listener of the show and you follow me there, let me know, and I will almost certainly follow you back. Jen, would you like to give your, your Twitter URL out? I, I will. Um, mine is at Queen of Haiku. And I write a lot of haiku, especially if I'm upset about something. Um, and it is a private account right now because I just feel more comfortable that way on Twitter. And I've been I've done that for a while now. So if you want to follow me, let me know in some way. You know, if I could figure out you listen to the show, then I'll you know click the button and accept that. Um, and uh, you'll have no problem with that then. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we're sort of close to the end of the month, so I don't know if we'll get enough together to do another one of these by the end of March. But if we do, then we'll do another one. If not, we'll see you in April. So uh, thanks again, everyone. Bye, people. <laughs>